All aboard from the CPRC and Norwalk Discount Cruise Lines. It's Vancouver Island Pinball. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Vancouver Island Pinball Podcast. I'm Dan Bitterlick along with Daryl. So in the island status, we have, uh, we've had a circuit breaker event that had been going on for the last month or so where most pinball had shut down. There was a little bit still available, but that has just been lifted in the last couple of days. So at Quasars, you can now book for up to 10 people for private rentals. So contact them. The powerhouse will be opening up in mid-June is the target date for their pinball club. Peacock's Billiards is open for pinball uh, daily. Contact them for their hours. Further up the island, we've got Wiffles and Wizards Arcade in Shimanus. They're open on regular hours. Uh, contact them, please, for their regular hours. In Port Alberni, we've got Rick's Picks, which is open. And Rick has added a second machine, so he's doubled the number of machines in the store. Now, we've also can announce uh, for a second straight episode that we've got a brand new arcade showing up on the arcade, showing up on the island this coming month. Uh, Powerhouse Substation, from, brought to you from the, our friends at Powerhouse, are opening up a location at Blanchard and Yates in conjunction with Habit Coffee. We don't have a, currently, we don't have a, an opening date for it specifically, but it will be coming fairly soon and just look for announcements. I think it's going to be about a six-machine lineup, and uh, they're promising ultra-modern machines. So it uh, looks like it's going to be a pretty cool location. In competition news, uh, we have the Island Remote Challenge going on, and we've got currently got 18 players on the island that have been competing in this remote challenge. Just finishing up the qualifying rounds, and we will start the playoffs probably next week. One of the things that this has allowed is we've also been competing globally, and currently... The number one ranked player globally is actually uh, local, Fuji Ng. And we have 11 of the top 64 players in the world uh, are all Islanders. And if the season was to end, this is season three right now, if that was to end, all 11 would make the, uh, make the global playoffs. Uh, we'll have to see how that works out. And we actually have uh, three of the top five players. Ron uh, DeCastro is number five, uh, Fuji Ng is number one, and I'm number two. So, uh, so we've had really good uh, results that way, and uh, we look forward to uh, another month of competition, and then the uh, playoffs will start for the global as well. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be interviewing uh, VPLer Neil Hodge about his pinball experiences as well as his fashion line with uh, Forever Flip Fashions, and then we're going to be talking uh, with a maker, uh, Dick Hamill, who has been uh, redoing programs for different classic pinball machines. We're going to be talking to him specifically about Meteor 2021, which is an update that we've done here locally. Daryl has uh, been kind enough to uh, work with me, and we've been able to take my Meteor and make it into a Meteor 2021, and we'll be discussing that process, as well as future plans uh, that Dick has and uh, some of uh, the stuff that he's done previously. It's uh, Dan Bitterlick again from uh, Vancouver Island Pinball Podcast, and today I'm out in lovely Souk. Uh, I'm here with uh, first day VPLer uh, Neil Hodge, and uh, Neil, how are you? Great. Hi, Dan. Hi, man. 
So um, yeah, I guess we go back to the beginning of all this, and uh, and uh, it's just uh, it's cool to get together a little bit here, you know, socially distanced and all. But uh, it's um, yeah, we're we're just trying to understand where everybody sort of started and what happened. How did you get into pinball in the first place? Pinball, pinball got into me first. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, uh, for, certainly I love pinball. I play every day. And it started off, must have been, I was trying to think about this because I thought for sure this was going to come. Yeah. Right? Um, Burlington, Ontario. Okay. Bolarama. Yep. Brand Street, below New Street. Yep. 10 pins downstairs, five pins upstairs, and it was all smoking. I just remember rockers hanging out, smoking, <laughs> and you had to sneak in. Because you weren't supposed to be there unless you're playing, unless right. you're bowling. Right. So we'd sneak in upstairs. We'd only go when it was busy because then you could fit in, right? Or sneak sure. around. And there was a, I want to say it was a Gorgar. Okay. Upstairs uh, with the magnets on the side to stop the out lanes. Would that have been? Or? Does Gorgar have magnets? Black Knight has had the magnets. I don't know. Gorgar had some sort of magnet. It definitely had the magnet up near the top. Where Gorgor sort of yeah. caught you in his mouth. Okay, something um, like that. So, yeah, no, Gorgor was a great game. I, I remember, it's amazing how many people have their first experiences sort of, let's say from our vintage mm -hmm. in bowling alleys. Um, I was talking with a friend recently and he actually routed some machines in bowling alleys. And he was saying in the 70s in the Toronto area, so this is sort of the area that we both were talking about with Burlington, um, the pinball machines would actually pay the salaries of everybody in oh, the nice. bowling alley. And bowling actually was just gravy for, for the alleys. That's how, how predominant pinball was at the time in these places. And uh, it's just really cool. It's, uh, it's a shared history. So you figure Gorgar-ish is where you start. So that, that's a pretty good uh, period of time. Yeah, I have some... What are the, the memories I have are flashbacks of the colors of the game. You know, like the... The red special yeah. light. It was yeah. so red. Yes. <laughs> Please give me the red light. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, well, that was it too. I mean, that's one of the things I think that we've learned is we've uh, now started looking, even at older games now, when we go back and we look at them, I'm, I'm always surprised at like what our strategies were. Strategies, I'm putting that in air quotes. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, how do I get the extra ball? How do I get a special or whatever? And uh and how different it is now when we're playing those games. Because now it's like, no, we sort of understand risk uh, reward right now ahead. and everything else. Yeah. And, and, you know, whereas before it was just like, well, no, it's just, uh, you know, everything everything was about the free game. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So Burlington, neat. That's uh, Yeah. I, cool. I, the other thing I remember is thinking that you'd wait until somebody or their lane would get called. So they're playing pinball waiting for their lane. <laughs> their lane would get called and they would just abandon the game. And then you shoot right yeah. in there. Please, oh, there's another ball left. Oh, there's nothing. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. And so I, it's almost like the old uh, checking the phones for, for yeah, quarters Yeah, looking in for there. <laughs> and I'm, the back glass, I think it was maybe a little sacrificial. Yeah, and it, a little... It, it, definitely they were... <laughs> <laughs> something was going on sort of yeah i mean that, there, there's a history of that st sort of starting in the late yeah, mid to late 60s through to probably probably the mid 80s and, and then the art starts to sort of normalize a bit yeah um you know 
yeah, it's it's interesting times. That's for sure. You you definitely can, uh, and it's amazing when you start looking at stuff. I was just looking at Police Force, uh, you know, uh, a game that we both know, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, you know, Python Angelo. And I mean, there's always a little bit of artwork there um, with with Python. It's sort of like, oh, geez. <laughs> But, I, yeah, but you know it's neat. It, it it's they were true artists, you know, to, to every sense of the word. And uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet him. Uh, I guess a couple times, but once in a, in an elevator uh, oh, yeah. at, at an expo where he was, uh, yeah, he he was uh, quite done in that night, and uh, just a very friendly, very uh, interesting fellow. Yeah, you don't. You'd have to be. Yeah, no, and 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 it and it was neat. I mean, a lot of them will talk about the fact that you know, especially let's say during the second golden age, with sort of the '90s, or some people just call it the golden age, you know, uh, where the DMDs are just selling like crazy, and you know that they get sort of the rock star treatment, you know, and they're yeah. being celebrities and they're doing all this kind of stuff. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, for those that haven't had a chance, um, going to a pinball show is, is sort of a good experience. I mean, especially if they're ones that have designers there giving giving talks and stuff like that. Because you can get sort of a real feel of what their lives were like. Uh, yeah, the creation yeah. process. Yeah, the creation process and also the licensing process mm. and everything else. I mean, there is sort of, you know, they, they, they had definitely a bit of a rock star feeling to them, yeah. um, you know, for that period of time. And, uh, and, and it's sort of cool. Um, I mentioned pinball shows. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll jump to this. Um, so you were one of the few, pretty much the only person other than myself that uh, got from uh, from our island area that that got to a pinball show last year in 2020. We we went together to uh, Indisc, and that was your yeah. first ever pinball show. Yeah. Um, how did you find that? <laughs> oh, it was it was bananas. It, it was almost too far out to, to comprehend. And you're one of the people that you know in my early. Um, uh, days playing down at Peacocks, you, you know, you sit and you mingle and oh, I talk about this show and that show and you think, oh, these guys are in deep, man. That'll never be me. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> and, you, and you think, maybe it can be me. And uh, yeah, it was from kind of from downstairs bowling uh, or, or pool hall alley, yep. pinball guy to a big big show for me and oh yeah no, i know it's a huge show probably going forward in the future it'll retain that big big show with pinberg don oh yeah i think it might become one of the marquees definitely well it, it has i mean it uh, that was the first year of it being considered a major which is like one of i guess five shows or four shows that are considered majors now for yeah. competition in America. In in America, true, true. There definitely are European shows, and there's uh, of course Pincade down in New Zealand. There there are a handful of international shows yeah. that, that that are also quite large. Um, this is a little different than some of them, like Expo, which is one of the other shows that I like, and uh, Texas Pinball Festival, which I haven't been to yeah, yet. Are more sort of more rounded shows in that they've got seminars and, mm -hmm. and more you know people offering Full stuff industry. for sale and yeah. you know you know mods and different things. Indisc is more about playing, um, yeah. you know, whether it's in the tournament uh, and it's a huge tournament that they've got. There were multiple huge tournaments. Or in the free play area where they've got you know two three hundred yeah. plus machines that you know and uh, yeah I've always found it neat and of course you've also got a, a you know 
a background in photography too. Mm-hmm. So you were having some fun and taking some amazing pictures. Oh, that, thank you. Uh, it was that, fun. That weekend. Yeah, it was, well, it was neat. And, and then it lets other people sort of experience what you've gone through, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think when, when booking in DISC and taking the jump and thinking part of my agenda, my goals were like, okay, how much pinball can I play? How long can I play pinball? And can I document it? Can I take pictures? Can I, you know, what can I see? And the thrill was from the outset seeing what is high caliber pinball? What is competitive pinball? How, come on, how good are these guys? You think, well, you know, Fuji's like so good. Right, yeah, here it's like, And, you know, people that, that, that you play with or play against and you see them do amazing things all the time and you're like, wow, I can't do that. How do you do that? And then to see what the next level the is, next to, level. to reset yeah. all your thinking on control, on shot making, on, you know, game understanding. And then the crush of playing with hundreds of people around or playing for hours at a time, trying to stay fresh, trying to stay motivated or just to be sharp, to be yeah. focused on machines that are lightning fast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're, just, they're made as tough as they can make them pretty much. Fair, fair but, uh, but harsh for sure. <laughs> oh, so fast. And and this is where I learned houseball. Oh, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> Houseball is a word that gets uh, that shows up at the, in disc and all these big tournaments. I had heard, you know, to me, houseball, like, oh, it's a round on the house. You get a free one. <laughs> Not they're gonna take one <laughs> yeah. from you. Fair enough. Oh that's, my that's gosh. Too cool. Yeah. No. And it was just neat. I mean, I remember when we first got there and just sort of walking you around and showing you the place and just watching your eyes get bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's it's one of my favorite things when I can take people that haven't been to shows. To yeah. Shows. Break them in. Yeah. Well, it's just it's just neat to share that because I know I was there. You know, whether it's 15 years ago or whatever, I had the same thing. I had the eight and a half hour of playing in Allentown, yeah. you know, um, you know, and just sores all get out after that. Like, you know, wrists are sore, legs are yeah. sore, just, you know, but the adrenaline that you had from playing was, mm-hmm. was, was what kept you through. So it's always a really cool experience to see it in other people. Even with leagues, it's cool. Like when, when oh, we yeah. get new people out to league and stuff and they get to experience it, but this is sort of, you know, the next level up or, or a couple levels up oh. right? where you're going and you're amongst Three, four hundred people that are uh, that are all hobbyists that all have the same interests. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a cool time, and the food wasn't bad. We found a lot of good food in around Banning too. We we mm-hmm. go right there with that. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, when when things normalize, it, it is a good experience. I mean, we're hopefully going to be able to do stuff, you know, towards the end of the year, and if not that, then maybe in twenty twenty two. But uh, you know, we've got things like uh, Yagpin in Edmonton here, and we've got yeah. Flip Out in Vancouver, yeah. um, the Northwest Show in Seattle. We've got we've got a number of things that are happening sort of in our area. Yeah, waiting um, to waiting to reignite. Exactly, and and we definitely look forward to uh, to that. And and who knows, maybe we'll even at some point have a small show here in Victoria. I mean, I've heard uh, some people that are interested in trying to put together something like that. So we'll see if that happens. That's. Uh, uh, that's nothing guaranteed, but I know that there's been some whispering around about one. So that uh, yeah, we say <clears throat> not this week, but within five years. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, we're we're you know we've gone from a scene of two people to you know 
probably 50, 60 consistently now and, yeah. you know, and, and at least 100 people through. So so the scene is building and we know we've got uh, our stuff coming up island too, Shimanus, mm-hmm. another bunch of people. And we look forward to that. Uh, so it's cool. And then, you know, hopefully some of those people, not all of them, but some of those people will venture off and see shows and, and do different things and just uh, grow the experience for them. Yeah. I can see people redoubling efforts to see the world, be the world, uh, as soon as we get going. Now, one of the things is um, you've also sort of, uh, you know, done something that not a lot of people do. You've uh, taken some of your interests in pinball and you've actually created something called uh, Forever Flip. Ah, yeah, okay. Um, a, a clothing <laughs> there line. There you go. Um, and it's gotten a lot of praise from a lot of people. I, yeah, I definitely, thank you. Uh, uh, wear a couple of your hoodies and um, there, there's some really neat stuff there it's uh, it seems that a lot of it sort of is themed relative to you know iconic images and things like that which are cool mm-hmm. and you know it's a little alternate and and that again is, <laughs> yeah. you know, but that's that's neat right like I mean, I think we've talked about it before, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, what are you going to get for uh, a pinball swag or, or merch when you're at a show? It's like, well, a black t-shirt, yeah. black jeans. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, and it's great to see color, um, you know, and you've actually even uh, sponsored in a way a couple uh, of the players, you know, Carrie Wing and uh, Danny Peck and yeah. a couple other of the players are, are, are wearing some of your merch. And uh, it's really cool. What, uh, what brought you into that? Uh, how did you even come up with the idea? That's a good question, eh? Um, it, you would have helped me a little bit with the Norwegian uh, curling pants. Oh, yeah. There you go. Right? <laughs> I forgot that, eh? Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Well done. <laughs> seeing if there's a way to create something that was fun and wild and bombastic and loud and almost ridiculous sometimes. And I had, I had somebody comment that it was intentionally you're creating something deliberately offensive. It's, <laughs> I couldn't get more colors onto a, like they're full print, um, all graphic hoodies. And I thought, man, there, there's a challenge. How can I get more colors? into? Well, when we were at Indisc, actually, just to circle back to Indisc here, I mean, uh, I was wearing uh, one of them. And what's cool is people are picking me out during the streams and stuff almost immediately right it's like yeah. hey that's Dan you know and then that's kind of neat you know if you were saying hey Dan might be the guy in the black shirt you're going to be looking for a long time because just about everybody <laughs> is over. wearing a black shirt yeah. so so no and and yeah I, I just really really do like them I, I I think they're a lot of fun yeah that's the whole the whole agenda to have fun a little bit of style yeah. and um uh to stand out or uh, be fun in them uh, when you're playing. Typically, you're you're all face forward, right? So exactly. the first the first stylistic approach was to create something that screamed off the back of you that was sort of face front from the back out, and this started into looking at a little bit like the way the pinball machines are being created. Something that's always gonna attach and connect with people is is a retro feel right everybody has nostalgia you can't escape it oh no for sure right for music for movies for art yeah so i tried to spin it from there okay and um even if like there's some themed ones that we worked off of some of the 
like the Andy Warhol kind of look. Yeah, like sort of iconic images. Yeah. Sort of, you know, and then give them most of it. Drop, yeah. drop some pinball over yeah. The top. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we, we created a website and I it was my first launch into um, Instagram. And oh, what a hole that is. Right? <laughs> Like a hole to fall down. Oh like, no, no, I oh. no, no. I mean, I, I, it, it, it's, it opens up a world that just, you know, it's the old rabbit hole thing where, it's amazing how far these things spread out, the tendrils and everything from it. Very yeah, cool. Um, so we ended up working. I started collaborating with some artists and creating designs, and we ended up with we have like 130 designs. Worked with 24 artists and maybe. Yeah, from all over the world, right? Because once you're online, it, you're, it's a global nest. It's such a different world. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so it's been fun and it's, um, it's still growing. And some of the followers, um, you, you just can't tell who's coming on, right? And yeah. I thought, oh, build this thing for pinball heads. And, or that's where I'm at. Right. But the response has been beyond pinball. And that's what's cool. It, yeah. It, it's that... These do transcend just the standard pinball stereotype. Well, first of all, they aren't the stereotype, and secondly, it—it's it, you know there's a bit of urban in it. There's there's all yeah. these different feels to it that attract uh, you know various various people, various consumers, or or just people with interests. And and I just find it neat. Like I watch your Instagram. Um, some I'm not as much of an Instagrammer as some people are, but I definitely. I've, I've uh, you know subscribed to you, so I definitely see your post come up, right on. and and uh, a bunch of other people, and it's neat because yeah, it's like, wow, I didn't realize that these people were, and they might not be pinball people, but they like they like the look of it, and like you say, whether it's a retro look or if it's a themed look or something, and it's like that's cool because that's that's it shows you there's a broader world, right? yeah, you know, and and if nothing else, some of those people are also going to get interested in pinball too, and that's going to bring more people into the game, and that doesn't hurt either, right? Yeah, a cross draft. Yeah, yeah, and that's part of it is that is that pinball isn't just one specific uh, activity. I mean, not I think from our perspective. I mean, definitely not from uh, VPL's perspective. Hmm. Um, you know, it's much more of a societal thing. It's like you know we. We do when we do our charity work, when we do all this stuff, it's all about trying to create a scene or, or a collective, um, yeah. you know, of, of sort of like minds to, yep. to, to an extent and, and, you know, to drive some good out of it, like with the charity work, but also for people's own social well-being and giving them you for know, sure. a bit of an escape for X amount of time, you know, when we're able to do it. I mean, obviously... Uh, you know the pandemic has has, has uh, put a bit of a wrench in the works. Uh, <laughs> it's an outlane. If, not, if nothing else, it's building up so that we know that when this stuff is finally dealt with, that we're going to hit the ground running, and uh, you know that we'll be much bigger than we were before. And uh, so, so there's good things coming out, and and we can still support what we have now, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the best of our abilities and into what we're allowed to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we've got the restrictions like some other people. I mean, I know there's areas in the States now that seem to be more wide open, but, uh, where we are here in, uh, in beautiful British Columbia, um, we always try to get that post in, look, <laughs> looking to get some sponsorship from the government. Um, but, uh, you know, we uh we we've got certain things we're allowed to do and other things that we're not and so uh you know uh, our friends at powerhouse and at peacocks are sort of just 
you know, making it work as they can. Huh. Um, you know, and we appreciate that because, uh, you know, it, it does mean a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, it was sort of their pastime. It was their hobby. So it, it's good that they can still, you know, get some time in on it. Yeah, still the best toy ever. It, it is. It is amazing. You know, I'm, I'm about 50 years into playing and uh, or very close to that, if, if not 50. Then so it's like, yeah, and I'm not bored yet. Um, so, yeah. so it's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be around for a while. So I just wanted to thank Neil here for uh, for coming on into the uh, studio and uh, having a bit of a chat here. Um, and also for what he's doing in pinball with uh, Forever Flip and also some of the artwork and stuff he's provided poster wise and different things like that that we've had over the years in at our different events uh, i think it really makes us uh, it sort of pops our events um you, you've been a great friend and also a great sponsor to uh to the league thank thanks neil yeah uh, thank you dan okay it's cheers. been fun I'll do I can. Yes. Okay, hello again. It's uh, Dan Bitterlich, and uh, we're going to talk today on Tech Tip about a project that uh, we've been doing, and we're going to be interviewing the actual uh, programmer for this project uh, shortly after this. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Daryl, why don't you explain uh, our experiences with uh, Meteor 2021? Well, thanks, Dan. Well, Meteor 2021 was a really interesting project. Uh, fundamentally, this comes out of something we've talked about before, the uh, what I call the maker revolution, right. where a lot of uh, pinball people and other people in general are using modern processors and programming techniques to uh, upgrade pinball machines. Uh, I've seen this done a few times before, but uh, Dick Hamill uh, on Pinside, who I think we uh, Dan, Dan discovered, has rewritten the code for Meteor, which it was a great game, actually. It's, oh, uh, yeah. You know, the play solid, is great. Solid uh, you've always liked uh, playing it. Loved it. But like all machines of that era, they were really limited by the ability of the uh, the hardware to do the, do any kind of, uh, you know, advanced software running. Right. Uh, the sound effects, of course, were, were usually pretty grim. Just the, Yeah, the, pretty, the, pretty simple. Yeah, the beeps and boops. Uh, so you've got a great fundamental game, uh, good mechanics, and uh, uh, Dick went ahead uh, and rewrote, and he's done this on several machines, actually, uh, started with uh, stars, was it? Uh, stars was the uh, big one, and uh, stay tuned in our interview about some really special news about stars. Um, but yeah, stars was the first one, and then Trident, I think, as well. And there's a blackjack in there. He's done. He's done about five or six machines, I believe. Yeah, and this is great. It breathes life into old games. And we'll talk about. Uh, we'll have uh, uh, Dick interviewed after this uh, this segment. Uh, but as we point out in there, it's a chance for an older game and, and a cheaper game and price of games is insane as, totally. as we all know uh to become you know a modern game and to have great sound and uh, uh but anyway we, we decided we go for it we got the parts needed and it's a bit of a relatively complex installation which is maybe the downside of the whole maker thing in a way is that you have to have some knowledge although i have to admit uh dick hamill has really laid out in great detail how to do this what right. components you need, uh, even references someone that will make the custom uh, circuit board you need to, to uh, do it. Right. Uh, so what's involved, basically, you uh, get the circuit board, uh, you buy a processing unit. They're called Arduinos, and many hobbyists and electronics are familiar with them. They're fundamentally a whole range of uh, uh, microprocessors on board units that have interface and all the stuff you need to tie into uh, whatever you need, run a fairly straightforward code 
Okay. Uh, it's fairly relatively easy to learn. But these things are really powerful. I mean, way more powerful than anything that was existing at the time. Uh, so the workload on them is very light. Uh, you, you buy the uh, processor. You uh, download the software, which um, uh, Dick puts up on GitHub. And GitHub, for people that don't know, is basically a repository that has uh, projects, uh, files, electronic, uh, you know, all the software uh, and that kind of thing. Kind of a universal repository. Uh, that can be updated by people. That gets downloaded, and uh, then the board really just plugs in into the machine in a fairly straightforward way and starts to run the code. Right, you're right. Uh, I think it was supposed to be sort of as, as non-invasive as uh, that was one of the things that Dick had mentioned in, in articles I'd seen before. Yeah, so it's completely reversible. You're not doing any damage, and you're not cutting any wires or anything. Uh, the only slight complication or another another step that has to be done with that machine is that to write code to use the audio board uh, is quite challenging in that game, and you would never get the sounds you could get now. So you buy a second board. Uh, it's called a Wave uh, Wave Trigger is right. the name. Another company makes it, and uh, that allows you to put uh, again. Uh, Dick had downloaded sound files and created a, basically a sound soundscape for this machine as well. Yeah. Uh, the Arduino processor talks to this little board. And uh, again, you just load the uh, WAV files on it, uh, put the whole thing together, and uh, it, it actually worked. Yeah, no, and it, I believe uh, pricing on it wasn't too bad either, was it? Uh, oh, not really, no. I mean, it was about $30 US to buy the interface board that a fellow named, uh, it goes by the name by Roy G. Bev okay. on uh, on Pinside, who uh, uh, Dick knows. I, I don't know his, his, you know, his full real name, right. but uh, yeah, again... Uh, somebody's taken upon themselves to design the board, make the board. These boards are relatively inexpensive in bulk, but to do the design and get the first run is, you know, it's costly too. So here we have another uh, person that for a reasonable price is giving you a, a complete board. It requires soldering though, and you do have to have some some knowledge that way. Okay. Uh, so it's a little bit, you know, some things to put together. And uh, the other thing we did, which was kind of fun on your game, was because now we have a quite an awesome sound card in it, we put an amplifier in, uh, created a topper for it uh, with nice speakers, and actually yeah. went a little crazier too and ran a subwoofer line out to this uh, massive subwoofer yeah. Dan happened to have in his basement. Very true. And <laughs> boy, I was blown away, and I think you were. I mean, I, oh, you're, you're like a kid. Oh, so, it, it's it's we we played a handful of games, actually more than a handful in in our garcade now um, with it, and it's by far the favorite of anybody that's in there playing it. Uh, with the sound effects, with the super, with the subwoofer in there, and and the topper, you didn't mention your artistic uh, license there too, with creating a lit meteor um, <laughs> in the middle of it, a one of a kind. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's a chemical process uh, that creates the meteor, so each one will be different. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot was, of fun. It, actually, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I get nothing but compliments about that topper and about the overall sound package and how much it adds to the game. And about the game, how did you find the game? I think you guys are really finding a lot of depth to it. Oh, and, there is, there is changes. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 bringing it. It's not a modern D and D game, but it is bringing modes. It is bringing um, skill shots, ball save. Um, it's just putting a lot more purpose to it. It you know it it's it takes it away from sort of being the one trick pony that Meteor was. It was a fun trick, and it was a great trick, and you could play it all day long, but. This is giving you variety now. You're, you're, you know, it's still a little bit linear, but uh, it, it's just a lot more diverse than it previously was. And yeah, there, 
we haven't had anybody complain about it. There's nobody asking, oh, switch it back to the old code, which you did set up. I mean, we've got a hot switch on the front now that we can go between old code and new code. We just have to turn off the machine, flick, flick a switch, and we're back into the old code. You did a great job there on that as well. Uh, that was very cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's a home run. Like, I mean, of these that I've seen, because uh, I've seen stars, I haven't seen the Trident, and I know Dick is, is, is quite... Uh, you know, really likes that game, and, and I can see why. I've read the rules. Um, it seems really good. I just don't have access to them. But uh, because you get the sound package with Meteor, I think it's just amazing. Like, I think it really... If you've got a Meteor, you have to at least consider this because it does really bring the game forward. Yeah, I think it really did. And it's um, I, and Dick's got a few other ones, as you mentioned. He's got, I think, Trident in the in the works, or well, Trident, done, Trident, yeah, done, Trident, or? Trident is done. And like I say, there's some special news about stars that we're not going to spoil here. Right. People can listen to it in the interview. But uh, well, the great thing is too, it can evolve. You know, um, uh, other yes. people may take uh, the code that he Dick wrote and you know modify it or change it. Well, or, well, this GitHub yeah. that's open source, like it's an open source. Yeah, library, for an, yeah, much. it is actually. Okay, uh, that's cool. Yeah, and it allows people to make comments and update. You know. They find a flaw or a bug they can right. just put it on there it's a very it's an incredible uh, resource actually because That's everything awesome. gets on and images and uh, yeah people use it extensively so it was great yeah very interesting project and i think we'll um i'm looking forward to something else in the future now now there's going to be a i think we talked about in the, in the interview uh, going to be a run on these games because now yeah you can, uh, i know we need to buy these games before people hear the interview but uh, actually i just uh, emailed back and forth with dick today and uh he he He's already open to uh, coming back after this interview that you guys are about to hear, um, you know, when he's got for future projects. So I look forward to having him back on again to talk about another game. But uh, yep. with that note, I think we should probably get on to the interview. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk to okay. Space. Timeless. Infinite. Eternal. Hello, it's uh, Dan Bitterlich here with uh, Daryl on the Vancouver Island Pinball Podcast. And today we've got a, uh, another maker in the uh, hobby, uh, Dick Hamill, who uh, some of you might know from his uh, different revisions of uh, software for various classic machines. Uh, Stars was the first one that I heard about. And recently we've uh, had the pleasure of actually installing uh, the new version of Meteor. And, uh, well, first of all, Dick, welcome. Uh, it's, it's great to talk to you. Great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. That's yeah, wonderful. So yeah, Daryl and I, uh, I, I guess I saw, did I, yeah, I think I saw it on Pinside, uh, that you had mentioned the code and then I went to Daryl and I said, okay, uh, I know I can't do this, but, uh, can you do this? Cause I've got the meteor machine. And um, yeah, I'll uh, I'll hand over to Daryl here a little bit uh, uh, on what we did, and then he can talk to you about uh, about it as well. Yeah, well, it was great. Uh, well, Dick, you really I I mean, Dan gives me a lot of credit, but really, you laid everything out very explicitly. Uh, what you needed to do, uh, right down to a, a board manufacturer, like a, a, a person that's selling boards, uh, sort of as a uh, third party. Uh, and installation, uh, the code was clear and laid out, and yeah, it was very specific. And uh, so we were very impressed by the whole thing. And kind of wondering, how did you get started into this? What's your background? So I was an electrical engineer 30 years ago, um, but since then I've, I've moved on to a, a variety of different careers. For the past 
decade or so, I've just been writing, but I've always been into pinball. And um, I got a hold of some early solid state machines last year, and it kind of, you know, revived in me that, uh, you know, how does it work? Uh, the architecture of these machines was, um, you know, created right when I was learning that kind of stuff. So it, it made sense to me. Um, and I just, you know, started thinking about it. The more I started thinking about it, I was like, well, we could do a lot more now with the, with the processors we have. So that just started me down the path. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's kind of exciting, too. Um, I mean, we've talked before in the show about makers and, and suddenly this revolution. Uh, I was always, well, electronics was my my background as well. And uh, then the hobbyist electronics. And then for a while there, there was nothing going on. I mean, people were, nobody was a hobbyist anymore. And then suddenly with all the uh, the advent of the Arduinos and small processors coming out, it's, it's kind of going crazy again. So the application was good. And also coupled with the fact that new pins are expensive i'm pretty sure it's happening down there too but even used ones are the money is just crazy what uh, things are going for which means that a guy trying to get into the the pinball game the average uh, person a young person especially uh, can't afford it anymore so this offers the opportunity to get an older game not quite as expensive and almost make it a, a newer game you know with the uh, the sounds uh, as i was talking before the interview are, are incredible on this new meteor that you've designed it's just changes the whole the whole gameplay yeah that that was definitely the you know so i was really into stars when i got it finally got it up and running i was i was you know learning it again i hadn't seen it in who knows how long um but you know even when you watch like um uh bowen's uh, tutorial on it it's just light the stars and 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 rip the spinner that's all that's all you're doing all day long to get points and especially with that with stars and with blackjack i was like there's got to be a way to make these you know high risk shots more uh enticing um because the you know the, the play was balanced enough i guess but it just was there a good reason to hit the drops uh you know maybe not um because you're going to get all your points from from just you know ripping those stars and the, and the bonus i think in the original only went up to what uh 19 maybe yeah i think it was 19 yeah, so you know, even if you um, triple that, that was your biggest option. Was you triple nineteen? That's that's nothing compared to you know uh, you're getting a thousand a, a spin if you light all your stars up. So oh yeah, and if you've got that spinner nicely balanced and properly lubricated, I mean that's going to go forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you know, I wanted things like um, you know goals and and wizard modes and um, it, it the first version was just chimes. Um, and then somebody on Pinside, when I posted that, was like, uh, why aren't you, you know, doing digital sound? I said, well, it's kind of against my approach. My approach at the time was just use what is there, just piggyback on it, make it completely, you know, non-destructive mod, just pop it off if you want to sell the machine. But, yeah, the wave trigger was uh, was a small concession to that original vision. Well, I do. I mean, speaking as, uh, you know, coming from a player side, uh, definitely my background. Um, one of the things that I really do love is that it's added so much depth, you know, with a lot of classic games, uh, you know, they do lack modes. They do lack sort of goals, as, as you said. And and the fact that you've been able to introduce this into multiple machines, as you've done, I guess, five or six machines now, um, it, it makes it really interesting. I know we've been playing a ton of Meteor and the fact that there's sort of now four main goals 
to to go through to get to your wizard modes um yeah it, it just changes gameplay altogether because beforehand it was just set it up and run as you said you know um rip the spinner yeah and, uh, and, and now it's like yeah that's not a bad shot it's useful but i know we are much more about trying to get to orpheus you know <laughs> fragmented or not <laughs> We're, we're, we're trying to get to there and you know the points do really blow up if you can play it right and uh it's just phenomenal it's you know and i will agree with daryl that the sounds um you know especially on the, the the version that we've got set up because we've now got it set up through an amp and with an overhead topper and speakers in there and now a subwoofer um it it's overkill i guess but uh, <laughs> it, it's it, you know it's fun overkill and uh and it's neat when we're bringing newer players uh you know because the majority of people that we have in our area here are fairly new to pinball or, or fairly new to being back to pinball it's neat to show them what can be done yeah uh, and they're, they're fairly new and they're also used to seeing at the arcades the newer games the uh you know the latest sterns and that kind of thing so they're kind of looking for a little bit of that uh the flash the, the flash yeah, yeah. yeah exactly uh, glitz and glamour so and, it uh yeah i think it really was it was it was a good mix so um yeah you know we've had people go back and watch the movie now too <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible <laughs> i know it's funny you've 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 bumped up the views of that movie it's uh <laughs> One of the fellows here, Ron, was telling me, you know, I, I've played that game now for, you know, two or three weeks, and so I have to go and find the movie. <laughs> he goes, I haven't got too far in. I tried to go through the movie to pull more sound drops, and I, I couldn't make it, man. That, that's <laughs> some kind of bad. Uh, I can't blame you. I really can't because, yeah, those were so – that was sort of an era with those and Poseidon Adventure and uh, just a handful of uh, – those things, earthquake, I guess, was in there too. It, uh, oh, for sure, was the disaster movie time. So, uh, Dick, do you have your sights on another game now? Anything else coming into your uh, into your oh, shop? Yeah. To try and uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, uh, you mentioned stars. Um, it, it, this can be an exclusive uh, for your podcast because I haven't told anybody yet. But I've just finished uh, a brand new version of Stars that nobody asked for, nobody wanted. Um, I wanted it, and it's. Uh, <laughs> It's about a, a thousand times harder than the last one. Um, I I was trying to make I, I had in mind the idea uh, that I could make a version that nobody could ever beat, um, and I think I may have come close. Uh, and I also wanted to make, you know, we talk about decisions and and you know uh, choosing the right shot in the right circumstance. I wanted to make a situation where there were some really smart uh, decisions that you could make. Uh, at different times of the game, um, you know, that would really help you, you know, blow up that score. And I, I love Meteor. Uh, I think it's a good implementation, but um, it feels a little bit linear to me. And I wanted to make something where, you know, there was absolutely, you go any direction with it. Um, and and I think I've done that with the, with the latest stars. So that's coming out. Uh, new to um my workshop is uh, i just got a silver ball mania in and um i've just finished a um a williams uh stellar wars um okay. so um i was going to uh, start playing around with that architecture as well all right that's cool now you were working at on matahari at uh, one point did that uh pan out or yeah i i i never had a matahari here so I was trying to I was trying to develop it remotely, um, and you know, passing people files and having them send me videos back. That's 
That was really tough. It was tough to get motivated. It was tough to debug stuff. Um, there's another guy who's been working on um, Paragon. Uh, his name is um, uh, well. He, goes, he he has the Mystic Crew down in New Orleans, and his name's Mike. And uh, Mike's been uh, coding his own version of Paragon, and it's turning out great. He's doing a a, a completely 100% uh, custom-made sound package for it. That's really something spectacular. He's got a um, YouTube channel called Pinball Help, I think, um, and he's got all of his Paragon development videos on there. So he's got a Matahari in his stable, so he's going to take over the uh, development on that, or at least we're going to work together on it um, as soon as he finishes up Paragon. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Par- Par- Paragon would be a great game. Well, for actually, yeah. I already know his yeah. uh, customer right around the corner. The other gentleman that when we were talking about people here, our friend Jason has one, and he he plays it with a um, a Powerball in it because he, oh. fi- he finds it too simple without the Powerball. I'm like, really? <laughs> but uh, – but yeah, he'll be he'll be on that. And he's also, you had mentioned uh, in your write up for, uh, for Meteor, you had mentioned that uh, Flash Gordon has also been rewritten by Blue Bomber. Um, yeah, yeah. Or, there's a Flash Gordon out there that's super nice. And in fact, um, the Flash Gordon is uh, he's he's managed to utilize the Squawk and Talk um, to do his sound. Oh, uh, good. And he's doing some stuff that you haven't heard before, but was always there. It's that's really neat. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. I, I just love what you guys have been able to do. And, and like, you know, again, you're going to be breathing life into games that were great to start with, but uh, it's just bringing them along so much further. Uh, it's really, really appreciated by 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 those of us that uh, don't have these kind of abilities. Yeah, is your silver ball uh, on your list for redoing or is it just a... I just moved that into my uh, my room today. Um, and supposedly it works. So I got a guy who buys and sells the machines for me. He said he played it, uh, <laughs> before he bought it. But, um, you know, when I was, uh, uh, hustling it up the stairs, I heard some stuff rattling around in there that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you always find something interesting in a game. So, yeah. So yeah. I've got another friend, um, uh, Jim, who's, uh, who wants to do a silver ball. He's got a silver ball as well. So, uh, I'd probably be working with him on rules. Um, you know, we'll start out just by getting rid of that horseshoe shot or whatever. But um, I, I know a bunch of people have already done ROMs that, uh, you know, kind of kill the horseshoe shot. I I think Silverball has got some interesting uh, stuff to it. I haven't I haven't put much thought into the, the gameplay mechanics of it. Um, you know, I, I need to get some hours just playing the, um, you know, refreshing my memory of, of, mm-hmm. of sure. how, how the shots work, you know. Sure. Well, one nice thing, too, about rejuvenating these old games, and this is maybe uh, – sort of the, not the tech standpoint or the player standpoint, but aesthetically, some of these games were spectacular. Like Silver Ball has a great back glass. Uh, yeah. you know, they're all glass. The, the play field design was mm-hmm. really cool. The artwork was uh, original. Uh, I mean, not not to uh, say anything against the new ones, but they're often theme-based or, you know, or based on a band yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But uh, back then, yeah. The, so, yeah, you're really doing a, doing a great thing there, Dick. It's really neat. I appreciate it. So uh, on the other side of that coin, uh, if you, uh, you're familiar with uh, Stern's Trident? Yes. Yeah. That yeah, is some, that, that's some funky like artwork. That you've done. Yeah, you've done that, and that had a lot of modes in it. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I'm, I, you know, I still play Trident almost every day, and um, I, I don't think I can get rid of that machine because I, I like it too much the way it turned out. Um, that's one of those things where I divided it up into, you know, uh, spinners drops and and uh, stand-ups 
and then it's got the saucer for you know starting modes and collecting jackpots and stuff like that. It's I think that Trident, it, it, you know, it's not that popular, but it's got kind of the ideal playfield uh, for you know putting new rules on it. It's just it's it, everything's perfect on it. Yeah, it's one of those that I have to go back and think about because I know I've played it. I've played it a fair amount, I believe, um, but it's definitely been a little while since I have. And uh, so I was looking on on your pin side right up for that was Trident 2020, I think, is is when you did that one. Um, and just looking at that rule set and the fact that you made the mode stackable and and everything else, it's uh, it's again, it's it's really taking current ideas and and you know overlaying them onto very classic pinball layouts which is 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 very cool um i mean it's, it's something that stern did with the, the beatles i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they, yeah. They, they took sea witch and they basically added a couple things and then uh you know bumped bumped it up a bit so yeah. but i think i think it is cool because i mean a lot of these especially these layouts that were fairly unique are are really cool because they they look nothing like today's layouts which are often cloned you know mm. from, you know uh from different depending on who the designers are um but often you can really see where they're coming from whereas these are most of them are fairly unique and and uh it makes makes me really appreciate it and then when we add in this other stuff it's it's something to be said that's for sure yeah well Dick, we sure appreciate what you've been doing for the community and uh, another thing that's I'm always excited about with the maker thing is that you're basically giving it away. You know, you're sharing with everybody. And obviously I don't know how you have time to sleep uh, <laughs> coding and actually probably earning a living, but yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely something uh, we like. And we definitely look forward to seeing what's happening in the future. Yeah, we've got the, and then yeah, we'll be looking forward for stars. So now I've got to look for a Trident and I got to look for a stars. Those are the two things I got to look yeah, at. Yeah, there's going to be a shortage of old games now. They're, they're, yeah. <laughs> true, true enough. You helped you've helped out the market that way too, I guess. But uh, was um, was there anything else that uh, you wanted to mention or? Uh, no, I th I think um, you know the people I think know where to find the stuff now on on Pinside is or on Reddit um, are the two places I usually publish, and I think. Um, you know, decent number of people have, have stumbled across it. So, um, you know, I, I, I haven't been trying to make money on it. I'm not, I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the, you know, doing fun stuff with old machines. Uh, and, um, but it'll be interesting to see if we can get, you know, more people on board, more coders, developers. Um, I think there's, you know, probably four or five people out there doing their own versions of games right now. So, we may see even more this year, and, and I think that'd be great. I can't wait for it. No, for sure. Well, again, uh, from the entire community, thank you very much. Well, many thanks to both Neil and Dick for those interviews. That was a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things that we do recognize now is that this is our 10th episode, and that's sort of a milestone. Uh, I'd really like to also thank all the listeners that uh, have come along and given us feedback. Uh, Daryl, uh, how's the experience been for you so far? I've had a lot of fun, Dan, and I've also had a lot of good feedback from people that have taken some of the tech tips, which, you know, I've tried to uh, help the community as much as I can, and they, they've taken them to heart, and yeah, it's been, been kind of gratifying to do that, and uh, it's really, really great to see, and I think it's uh, it's been a good experience, and it certainly got us through the, uh, the pandemic, I think. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just, just this mental process, and you know, we've, we've had, I think it's eight different countries, uh, listeners from eight different countries, which has been fun as well, like it's neat when you see it sort of act in a global nature um and and i look forward to many more i mean we're we're 
the format might, sh you know, shift a little bit here and there as things open up, but uh, I think it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I, like I say, I'm appreciative of, of those that uh, are getting something uh, from it. Yeah. So what's the most surprising country, Dan? I think we've had, uh, I know New Zealand, I, I think we've had listeners. Yeah, we've got, we've got some uh, New Zealand, we've got some um, Ireland, Austria, Sweden, um, Germany. I mean, it's, uh, it's sort of all over the place. There's a couple that I'm sort of surprised. We didn't have nobody from England yet, but, uh, we'll sort of see, I mean, in Italy, I guess, but, uh, the, I'm sure, I'm sure that will happen eventually. Yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah, exactly. As always, I'd, uh, we'd like to thank our house band in the battle tones for their fantastic hit, Washed Up. Tech suggestions and feedback? Podcast at gmail.com. See you tomorrow, Daryl and Dan.